Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide with your host, Mariana Cooper, founder of AHA Moments International and ahamomentsworld.com. Tune in for the next hour and learn to trust your AHA Moments to lead the way to live a passionate and purposeful life. And now here's your host, Mari. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari, and happy Tuesday. I am... Uh, excited. We have sunshine again here in California. We, you know, I was like, I signed up for sunshine, but I tell you, we've had a full winter here. And uh, today we could go out without coats. I know those of you on the East Coast will be mad that I say that, but I think you guys have been having actually unseasonably warm weather too, so that's good. So anyway, I hope that your day's been going good so far. And today we are going to talk about um, getting messages getting the messages that you need, but specifically for your manifesting projects. You know, a lot of times we talk about intuition, things like that, just in general. But what I've found over working with, you know, oh gosh, hundreds of clients now in the parallel realities work that we started early last year in 2016, yeah, um, that the thing that seems to be the biggest slower downer <laughs> The thing that slows people down the most, I love waking up little silly words, uh, is not being able to get, not being able to interpret the messages that are coming their way when it comes to what to do next when it, in their manifesting projects. So whether you are doing kind of the old-fashioned thing with vision boards and the law of attraction, the secret kind of stuff, or the more, um, I would say, more powerful and, and uh, you know, more current thing of the working with your parallel realities and you know, alternate versions of you and all that, regardless of what you're doing, there is a point where you have to take some action. And what happens is that when we get to that point, a lot of times we don't, first of all, know, and people go in a lot of different directions. Some people, I know when I first started this this type of work, this is not the parallels work, but, you know, 15 years ago or so, I remember first hearing about effortless prosperity and effortlessly getting things to show up for you and not doing anything and allowing it to come. So I just stopped doing everything. And I got myself in a lot of trouble because I had stopped doing everything. And I didn't understand that there was a, there were action steps to take, but the action steps are what we call inspired action steps. Now, inspired, if you break down the word, is in spirit, right? I am, inspire. You know, it's from within the spirit. Uh, so it's coming from on high. It's coming from your higher self. So that's why we call it inspired action, which is very different than your intellectual chicken without a head, you know, mental mind. Um, action steps that you would consider to take. So what most people do is they don't have any idea about how to perceive inspired action messages from spirit. They don't have any idea, even if they can perceive some of it, they don't know how to interpret it. And then even if they can perceive and interpret, they don't necessarily know how to interpret appropriately. And then if they get even those, even a little bit of those three, they don't necessarily trust it, so they can throw it all out, even if they got all of those things. So I wanted to start a conversation. I mean, it's a way bigger topic than this this call, but uh, this you know this this radio show. But I wanted to start that conversation to plant seed for you guys um, to really consider how you are interacting with spirit. Are you listening? Are you listening? And if you are, are you taking action on what you are perceiving? And do you know how to tell the difference between what your intellectual mind is saying you should do and what your energetic self is saying you should do? Okay, or what it's offering you to consider doing. 
because your energetic self is never going to force you to do anything. It will try to heavily persuade you with a lot of different repetitious things, which I'll go into in a minute, but it will never try to force you, whereas your mental mind will try to force you. Okay, so that's the first hint. Your mental mind will try to force you to do things because your mental mind is coming from two places. One is judgment because it's always measuring you up against other people, places, things, situations, scenarios, um, reviews, reference points. Your, your mental mind is always working within the constructs and the confines of reference points of what is experienced in the past. Your energetic self is infinite. So it will bring you ideas that you've never had before. It will drop in um, inspiration. It will drop in uh, recognition of inspiration, which will you perceive as an aha moment. It will drop in synchronicities. It will drop in symbols. It will drop in signs. It will drop in all sorts of things to support you, but it will never force you. It will try to inspire you because it knows that you have free will. Your intellect, your mental mind, your logic, your rationale, your reasoning mind will absolutely try to force you, strong arm you, scare you, push you into an anxious anxious situation, judge you, criticize you, push you to compete, push you to compare, shame you, uh, may, you know, instill depression, instill anger, and, you know, uh, instill despondence and instill apathy. All of those things come from the mental mind place. There is a purpose and a very positive purpose for that mental mind, but most people, I'd say 95%, unless they're studying this stuff very, very diligently, are governed by that mental mind, and they have a higher weight on it. And why is that? Well, it's because most people judge how their life is going by the circumstances that they're observing, that they're looking at, not observing. Observing is another thing I'll talk about in a minute. And they're using their circumstances, the readout of their circumstances, to judge themselves, to compete with themselves, to compete with other people. Your physical circumstances is your mental mind. Your higher self governs over your state of being. It governs over what we call your frequency. And your higher mind is always trying to help you to raise your frequency. It's trying to help you to expand. It's always trying to help you to expand beyond the confines of your mental mind, beyond the confines of your your uh, intellect. It's trying to help you to see, you know, color outside of lines, think outside of blocks, pick your cliche, but it's trying to get you to stretch. And so it will invite you to perceive information that's different, to consider uh, people coming to you in a different package than you may expect. It will invite you to have, to, you know, seek higher levels of awareness. And it will not criticize you. It will maybe point out a better way of doing, but it will also give you a reason why you might have chosen a, a shorter path or a more contracted path. It'll support you. It will elaborate if you allow it to elaborate. It will respect your choice because it respects your free will. If you don't want elaboration, it'll dumb it down. If you want elaboration, it'll amp it up. So your higher self is your bestie. It's your best friend. And your rational mind is more of your um, uh, police. They have laws, they have confines, they have right, wrong, black, white, and it can only, remember, there's no original thought in your mental mind. Original thought comes from the higher side, the higher mind. Your mental mind just takes what it's known before, seen before, seen in other people, witnessed from other people having the experiences, and then it tries to retrofit whatever it is that it's getting from your higher mind into what it can perceive. That's why it's always looking for points of reference. I notice that when I work with my clients, my advanced clients in the private sessions, um, several will say, I'll, we'll talk about a new concept, and they immediately, and this is normal, this is not a criticism, it's actually normal, immediately go into their past, oh, 
I heard that before. Oh, I know that already. Oh, I heard that 15 years ago. Oh, in 15 years ago, I used to do this. But now, I don't know why I'm not still doing that. You know, it's immediate judgment because they get this new point of view, this new possibility, and they shove it down into the computer that will read out whether this is right, wrong, good, bad, how perfect can they be at it or not, how easy would it be to accomplish, and what, And if it sounds simple, simple is different than easy. A lot of times you think you're simple concepts, and it seems very, very straightforward and simple in the mental mind, so simple that the mental mind thinks, that's, ah, you know, that's nothing. What else do you have? I had somebody one day who had been listening to the radio show, and then she got on a, a call in a real class, and she literally wrote to me on the call in the web box, come on, Mari, you can give me more than that. I already heard that you say that on the radio show. Come on, what more do you have? And I said, you know, <laughs> it's like so obnoxious. It really pissed me off. But that that's just the ego. The ego is mine. You know, I'm not a racehorse. You're not going to whip information out of me. So, you know, no. <laughs> but, and I didn't respond or anything like that. But that's the type of thing, you know, like there's this, this I want to collect information. I don't want to do what it is you're talking about. I just want to collect the information. That's the ego. That's the mental mind. Because the mental mind wants to collect things towards catalog. Why? Because it's going to then retrofit and juxtaposition everything coming into it, then compare everything you said to the last 30 people they talked to and all the readings they had and everything else. Still not doing anything, not taking any action. And then want to guarantee that it's going to work for them before they'll step and even try it, and they want that guarantee by looking at other people. Did it work for them? Did it work for this one? Did it work for that one? Did it work for this one? Did it work for that one? No. Oh, okay, well, then it won't work for me, and then I won't try it. I had another friend who was like, this overloaded with statistics. Can't even go to a restaurant without every single six different types of reviews. That, and I, I use my intuition. I look at the name of this restaurant. I can look at a picture. I can perceive, uh, yeah, yeah, that feels good. That feels right. Yeah, let's do that. Or if I get to the front door in a minute and I feel the energy, no, 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 let's not do that. I can I can feel it. I can feel it by holding a menu. I can feel it by just being in the, in the parking lot. I can feel it by looking at a picture. I can feel it by hearing the name. I can feel it by hearing a description. But I feel it. I look to my feeling first, to frequency first. What's the frequency of the restaurant? What's the frequency of the food? What's the frequency of those behind the, 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 in the kitchen cooking? Most people don't look to even ask those questions. They go immediately to Yelp and they check the review. And if there's six reviews here and how many, you know, money signs are there, and it's just all this insane analysis. I'm not saying not to use Yelp. I use Yelp. But um, there's a, sometimes people get into such a level of analysis that they paralyze themselves and they can't. And, and, and what is analysis paralysis? When you put so much information to the, your, your mental mind computer that it jams up. But what you're really jamming up is your frequency, your ability to perceive frequency, okay? And so if you happen to be a hyper-analytical person that can't make a decision without extraordinary statistics and all kinds of proof that hundreds of thousands of people made money this way, it happens with these network marketing companies. I see it all the time. These people are always soliciting me to do business with them in some way, shape, or form. And if you don't want the product, I don't care what you're selling. It's not going to work. I don't care. I don't care how much you duplicate the upline. This one made this many month, uh, much money every month, and that one made that much money every month. Uh, you're not going to make that kind of money if you don't genuinely have high frequency around that product. Just can't. Don't care. I don't care. It's not going to work. And but what they tell you a lot of times from the top down is just duplicate everything we did. Look at all these people. This one and this one and this one and this one and this one had this experience. So you're going to have that experience too. Just do what we tell you. Just do what we tell you. Just follow the yellow brick road. If your frequency isn't in alignment with the, with with what's at the end of the yellow brick road, you're not going to get to the end of the yellow brick road. That's it. It doesn't work like that. It's two legs that walk. Your right foot and your left foot. Your higher self and your intellect have to work together. If you only try to use your higher self and you ignore your intellect, you will have a very disorganized life. So your higher self is going to give you some pretty big, lofty ideas in a lot of ways, you know, from a big vision perspective. Then it'll also break down steps and things like that. But if you, your, your higher self needs your intellect and your mental mind to organize 
the inspirations that come in to to lay out a blueprint, a task plan. But what most people do is they skip the higher self, they skip the energetic, they go immediately to the checks, the balances, the criticisms, the judgments, the all that, and then they don't get the inspiration, and then it just becomes task, 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 task. Today, what I wanted to go through was um, is really to hone in on the process of manifesting using your parallel realities and how your intuition works within that process. We talked a lot about intuition and the energetic communication system. I wrote a book on it called The Aha Factor, Barnes & Noble and Amazon and all those places you can you know, pick up a copy, get an e-book, whatever. But I didn't put it in the context of the manifestation process. And I realized that as I was working with clients over the last you know, 18 months, that the thing that people fall down on, the reason, the, I would say, like I said, 90% of the reason why people stuff doesn't come faster is because they literally don't know how to interpret the messages and the intuitive guidance and their telepathic energies and their channel. They don't know how to engage their energetic communication system in order to have that two-way conversation that will get it. Manifesting just for the sake of manifesting is useless. It's dumb. Who, who wants to sit there and visualize a bunch of stuff that never shows up? It's just dumb. <laughs> you know, I mean, why? For what? Is it because it's spiritual? You get to, like, you know, hang out with the angels? The angels want you to get it done. Because the more you get done, the more everybody else to get their stuff done. And if everybody was getting it done, everybody was getting their stuff done, the whole world would operate a whole lot better. I mean, think about it. If everybody on the planet was really passionate about their work, they actually decide to manifest work that they absolutely, that absolutely makes their heart sing, and they actually went through this process, accomplished that, got into business, and were able to offer what would make their heart sing, and so their clients' are heart, hearts are singing because they're offering such an incredible thing, whatever that thing is. Imagine if everybody on the planet honored their manifesting process. And this process is available to everybody. And it's built in because it's how energy works. You know, we came down here and there was a, you know, we came into a physical body for an experience, but we weren't supposed to shut down the energetics we were supposed to work in communion with the energetics and discover more and discover more and expand more and expand more and expand more. We didn't come here to contract into a little box that some segment of society says is the box that we should contract into and then be retrofitted and then compare ourselves to all these other people of completely different frequencies, completely different, you know, uh, lineages. When I say lineage, there's two types of lineage. This is a sidebar. There's your biological lineage, you know, ancestral lineage in this lifetime with this body. So, you know, you're Irish and you're Catholic and all that other stuff. And then there's your energetic lineage. Right, so it's your the lineage of your soul, and how your soul is experiencing various lifetimes for its own personal expansion and ascension. Those things should be going, you know, kind of working in unison with each other, right? But most people they get all caught up in their physicality and that physical lineage. They don't even realize how many infinite lifetimes they have going on simultaneously, so there's a lot of physical lineage going on. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Now another bigger class, longer day. But um, for the sake of this conversation, just recognize that you have those two lineages going on. It, it can help you to sort of release yourself from this intensity of having to map to somebody else's ladder for you. And a lot of people, I know when I was in corporate America, I was just absolutely fascinated by how people try to live up to somebody else's checklist. I never, ever, I mean, honestly, I I was such a maverick and such a rebel. So my corporate career was short by comparison to most people. But I remember walking into those hallways, I remember getting on the elevator and feeling like I had a mask. You know, everybody put an anesthesia mask on their face as they walk into the elevator because their eyes glaze over, they stand there, they look up at the 
the numbers on the elevator. They get off the elevator. They walk, boom, 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 into the thing. They put their briefcase pocketbook in the drawer. They go. They get their money out. They go down to the cafeteria. They get the same thing that they're going to eat today. And they have the same kind of butter on the same kind of bagel with the same kind of coffee. They're checking their emails. They're going back to the office, trying to get to the first meeting. It's just like, blah, 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 blah. And, I, and, and they say the same things. They drone in and drone out. And the only time they get animated is when they're criticizing somebody else behind their back because so-and-so got the bonus. This one is in the politics. And it was just like this thing. And you were supposed to, like, speak like them. They had all this jar. I remember my first corporate meeting, they started talking about the acronyms. And I was new. I didn't know what the acronyms were. But they, you know, they, you know, it was at t It was a really, you know, telecom. So it was really competitive timing in that industry. And they had all kinds of acronyms and all kinds of, you know, regulatory things. And there was like, oh, the BFF, oh, the so-and-so, and the BFF, and the da da I'm like, what are these people talking about, you know? And if you ask what it was, they'd look at you like, how dare you, you know? You should be looking for a glossary of terms. That's what you should be asking for. I'm like, why can't you just tell me? You're like, really? Duh. Like, what's, what's the matter with you? And, but it was, I wasn't towing the line of the corporate culture. And, um, and so I kind of stuck down a little bit, as you can imagine. And I just had to make sure I put myself in creative parts of the business. I went into sponsorship promotions and advertising and got out of the office. I was like out on shoots and, you know, at the Olympics and all different, you know, big events, things that were more fun for me. And if I found fun, then I was, you know, found I could stay, I could, you know, stay a little bit longer. The point is that I stayed with frequency. And because I was running from frequency, didn't know it, didn't know intellectually what I was doing. But because I never let go of orienting myself in frequency, I really was exposed to a lot of stuff that was I was very sensitive. So I, it was painful because I was very sensitive and I kept my sensitivities open and I never shut down. Instead, I left, you know. So if you're in a corporate setting or you're in a nine-to-five job and you're dealing with a lot of, you know, kind of, I call it muggle behavior and it's not frequency-centric and you're learning about frequencies and you're trying to test this stuff out, just recognize that, you know, you're not the crazy one, okay? Because you're staying engaged with your higher self. Your higher self is going to keep you safe. Your higher self is going to give you the most expanded opportunities and possibilities possible. It's going to create new things that have never been created for you before and drop them down into what you would call your imagination and your consciousness. You're going to start to perceive them as you get better and better at this stuff. And then that will, then you will invite your rational mind to take this big, beautiful new idea that you downloaded from your higher self. It's not your rational mind's idea. Your rational mind cannot have its own ideas. It relies on the higher self to drop them in. That's how this works. So when you have a recognition of how, what the pecking order is, Intuition gets much easier, telepathy gets much easier, channeling gets much easier because you're recognizing the orientation from whence it comes. It's not parlor tricks. It's not some gift that, you know, some people have and other people don't. It is not any of that. It is naturally born. Every single person on the planet has it, regardless of language, regardless of nationality, geography, upbringing, education. Everyone is born with it, just like you're born with eyes and nose and all that kind of thing. And so it's really just a matter of recognizing the pecking order of how it works. Higher self first, rational mind second. Okay? The higher self is going to be that big energetic version of you that and navigate the body like a, like you getting into your car and driving to the mall. It's that's the same as your energetic self deciding to have a body for a time being, it will take a piece of itself, because remember, you have many lifetimes, many alternate universes going on at the same time, and even if you don't think that way, there's that big version of spirit, soul version of you, aspect of you, that is operating outside the body so that you can help the part of you that's in the consciousness of the body to navigate the physical world. So the last thing you want to do is shut your communication off with that, or not recognize how to communicate with that or miss the signs and symbols and synchronicities and messages sending to you because it's like, you know, can you imagine if you're driving your car in a totally new place and you had no navigation system, no maps, but you were just saying, but I want to go to the beach and you're off in like Asheville, North Carolina where there's no beach for, you know, 
thousands of miles, how are you going to get there? You're going to just get on the road and just drive around and then stop at a gas station and complain to everyone that, you know, you're not, you haven't gotten to the beach yet, but you want to go to the beach. You're visualizing the beach, but you haven't gotten there yet. And they're like, well, how are you going to go? I don't know, but I haven't gotten there yet. But I know I want to get there, but I don't know. Oh, well, who can tell you? I don't know who can tell me. Uh, I, oh, I think somebody offered you something to, to get there. Oh, no, I, I don't need that. That's not real. I don't need a map. What do I need a map for? I don't need a map. What's a map? You know, those 30,000 people over there don't have a map. They got to the beach. You know, <laughs> really? If you had a map, how long did it take them to get to the beach? They got to the beach, what, after they retired, after working and flogging for 50 years? They got to go wash. Then they get to go to the beach on, what, on crutches in the wheelchair with the the, the, the little assistant pushing them? Or, you know, how did they get to the beach? How did they do it? Uh, well, yes, that's the only way I'll get to the beach. Someday I'll retire and get to the beach. No, you get to the beach by getting a map <laughs> and following it. You know, getting a GPS system and taking the steps, getting to know, you know, the powers that be that can get you there. There are people who do those kinds of things. Those are, there are people who, like, show you how to go places. How about talk to them? Oh, oh well, I'm glad I stopped the gas station and asked this question. Okay? So this is what I'm saying. I'm being a little flip, but I'm kind of not because it's really that simple. And this is what people do with intuition. They put it in some kind of in energetic communication. They hear the word telepathy. Oh, come on, Mario. That's, you know, parlor tricks. Oh, no, it isn't. It's part of what you are, part of how you came here, and part of the safety system for you to navigate this world. So intuition is the language that crosses between worlds. It is the built-in language that you have that operates both in the energetic and in the physical. It swings like a pendulum back and forth between the two worlds. You have it. You're born with it. It's not a gift. It's a sense, just like your eyes and your sight and your taste and your touch. Not a gift, a sense. Built in. You have physical senses and you have energetic senses. They're very, very powerful. And the indigenous societies, Native Americans, the aboriginals, predating Christianity, predating the church and state, all that stuff, um, back in the Kabbalah thousands, 3,000 years ago, the way that people navigated things was with their intuitive senses. That's how they could fight wars without, you know, uh, Doppler systems and radar systems and all that kind of thing. Okay? They were able to fight because they could perceive, they worked with the energy, they worked with the earth, they worked with the weather, you know, energetically, okay? They could also, they engaged their intuition so they could ask questions and receive answers from spirit, but they also engaged the second tool, which is telepathy, and that's the ability to communicate non-verbally with other things that were within a body. So we all have the ability to communicate with our higher self, which is intuition, and receive, you know, information, but we also have the ability to to uh, communicate with each other without speaking. That's why when you feel like you have chemistry with a new person and you go look in that person's eyes and you know what they're thinking and they kind of know what you're thinking and then you start the same sentence, there's a telepathic interaction. It's, it's a very high level of um, interaction, more advanced civilizations, communicate completely telepathically. Animals communicate telepathically. And they don't have to not use verbal communication in order to get their point across to each other. Okay? The same thing, you say, you know, mother's intuition, you can sense, you know, you, you think about, oh, I want a Starbucks, oh, I want a Starbucks, and then your, you know, son comes home with a cup of Starbucks for you because they were perceiving what you were asking for and energetically, telepathically. Very built-in skill. Actually, you probably couldn't really operate in your world if you weren't telepathic because you start to anticipate things. For instance, have you ever um, – a good example, when Michael Jackson passed away, one of the things I heard over and over again in my head was the song Man in a Mirror. And I kept hearing the song like over and over and over and over in my head. And I had 
several people say, oh, my gosh, you know, this Michael thing, it was like the big thing of the time, obviously. And everybody kept saying, I can't keep hearing that song, Man in the Mirror, over and over and over in my head. Well, CNN was using it, you know, and MSNBC was using it. Everybody was using that song kind of as a theme song, and they would lead into the you know, latest on him and the funeral and the, uh, the whatever else that was going on about it, memorials and all this stuff. And it was because the whole group consciousness was he was top of mind. He was an international superstar for so long, and everybody knew who he was. You know, the vast majority of the human population worldwide knew who he was. So when you have that much of the group consciousness in that thought form, telepathically it transcends the body. The frequency was singing Man in the Mirror. Same thing when Prince passed away. That's why everybody, it was so, it was a phenomenon. You know, some people's deaths are a phenomenon. Poor Farrah Fawcett died during and then during uh, uh, Michael Jackson's whole shenanigans. And, you know, it's like, okay, bye, Farrah. <laughs> you know, okay, see you later, bye. Uh, uh, so sorry. Okay, bye. Anyway, back to Michael, Man in the Mirror. You know, it was, because it was a there's certain people who leave and it's a phenomenon, right? So, um, the group consciousness starts to think almost beat at the same rate. And we start to have the same thoughts, same thing with our elections and different things like that. Well, you have the same thing on an individual level. You know, when you're dealing with your children, your husband, uh, your your spouse, your, you know, lovers, these types of things, these people that you're really energetically in tune with, the reason why they feel different than the average stranger or the average friend is because you have a telepathic connection with that person. You don't just have a mental um, connection with that person. Mental and telepathic are two different things. Mental is when you're deliberately thinking thoughts or getting thoughts, you know, coming in your mind. Telepathic is frequency, when you're perceiving frequency, putting that into, um, you know, recognizable messaging. Okay, so that's telepathy. Then you have, uh, and that's generally person to person. You know, somebody who's in a body to somebody who's in a body. Maybe person to animal, too. When we do animal communications, which we won't go into in this call, but when we do animal communications, the animal communicators, I, I do animal communications. I, you know, my animals are very <laughs> communicative, believe me. Um, when we do animal communications, we telepathically speak to them, speak to them in pictures. And we can. There's lots of different ways to throw energy towards an animal and to receive energy back. They, they, they just. They're very sentient. They completely understand everything you're saying. Your English, they completely understand. They just don't have the language skills necessarily. Some of them do. They get better. You know, my Siamese certainly does have language skills. I know a lot of the huskies do. Many cats, many animals, many birds. You know, have these language skills. Contextual. I'm not talking about treat trained animals. I'm talking about where they contextually are asking for something with a deliberate intent. There's a lot of research coming out with that. But the way that we speak to the animals in an animal communications perspective is is a telepathic message. We speak with pictures. We speak with our clairvoyance. You send a picture to your animal, and they'll send a picture back. You can ask your animal, "How are you feeling? What's hurting?" And they can send a picture back to you. This is all about. Once you get more energetically sensitive and you're willing to perceive these messages this way, they then the whole world opens up to you. If you're not willing to perceive it or you're, you throw it immediately into reference and judgments and you, whether your mental mind is going to give it a stamp of approval or not, you'll shut it down. It's not going to work. But if you open yourself into willingness to be in a higher state of perceiving and awareness and expanded awareness, you'll be amazed at the kind of messages that come back and forth. So after we have the... Um, uh, telepathy, which is nonverbal communication from someone or something in a body to someone or something in a body, embodied, okay? They're, they're operating in a person's body or an animal's body. Then you have channeling. Other people get worried with the word channeling. It, what it is is it's nonverbal communication, even verbal communication, actually, uh, but communication with an energy that's not traveling around in the body at this time. So angels, guides, ascended masters, galactics, uh, uh, the weather, you can channel with the weather. You can ask the weather what it's going to do. You know, I had to go to an event. Um, we had a huge, like, 
forget what they called it. <laughs> I want to say weather beater, but it was. So maybe they did call it weather. I did. They came came up. You know, the storm people come up with some kind of name so they get the rating. So it had some kind of name. Name on the east coast, it would have been like hurricane. <laughs> you know, essentially, but or nor'easter or something like that. You know, it was it was, in the, it was intense. And uh, you know, obviously, you heard about it on the news. People were dying. And, Dams are breaking and landslides and highways and whatever. But I had to go up to Orange County, and um, and it was a night trip, and I had to be there for this event, and uh, and I couldn't get out of it, and I had to drive up the coast to. It was an hour from San Diego, but it, you know you're driving into some like you know, eighty mile an hour winds, jackknifing tracks and trails, all kinds of stuff, and it's dark because you're going through you know mountain ranges and all kinds of whatever. And all day I was kind of wandering, you know, because California is kind of interesting when it comes to heavy weather. They kind of panic over a lot of little things like drizzle and, you know, they get hysterical over things that East Coasters are like, aha, seriously. So rumblings of this thing. And in San Diego, you don't really ever really listen to the weather because it's always the same. Um, but I started to hear from people, oh, there's going to be these record-breaking storms and this and that, landslides, mudslides, and those. Um, and I was like, oh, I got to get to this event. And I just said, okay, well, what do I need to do? So I went into my intuitive senses. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I ever watched a forecast. I think at one point, very close to when I was going to leave, I actually listened to a forecast. But I, I just literally sat quietly and I perceived the weather. And I was like, in the range that I have to travel from point A to point B, during the time frame that I need to do that, you know, will I be safe? Should I take the risk? And I, what I did was I listened to my body. And I knew from other storms and having managed through all kinds of hurricanes and all kinds of tornado warnings, all the stuff on the East Coast and blizzards and nor'easters and all that on a very regular basis, I'm very in tune with weather. So I just tuned in and I just started to perceive. And my body felt light the entire time. But, you know, I mean, I was watching the wind. I was like, yeah, looking at the trees. And I just going to go later. I'm not going to go earlier. I'll avoid rush hour, you know, I have to be there by 9 o'clock or whatever. And so I, I, but I perceived, and I asked the weather, and then I also channeled my own guides. I said, you know, you know, he says, what do you, you know, what do you, should I go? And all I dealt was go, but with caution. Go, but with caution. Just be cautious. So I sort of arranged, and, and I just said, okay, let me know exactly when I should leave the door and leave the house. And I had planned for leaving at 7, but I ended up leaving at about 7.35 because I was kind of a little delayed in the house, but I knew it was also a divine delay. Because sometimes you're going to delay, and it's like a divine delay. It's just a stall because it's getting you in a window of safe travel. And if you're before that window or after that window, you could be in trouble. And I honored that, and I didn't panic about being a little late. I was like, I'll make it up somewhere. And sure enough, when I got on the road, there was a big accident. I was, but, and I was, it had already happened when I was driving forward, but if I'd been earlier, who knows if I would have been, you know, caught up in that. So I just honored that time. I wasn't one of those, you know, if you're one of those people that has very rigid about time, you have to be there on time, you must leave at the exact time, and you just didn't follow the directions, you are eliminating so much communication that can make your trip so much shorter if you tuned in. Because honestly, I got there, there was, you know, not a whole, there was certainly traffic on the road, but nothing, no bumper to bumper, no, not one traffic jam. You know, it was a Friday night, um, you know, pouring rain. And I did, I had both hands on the steering wheel, didn't listen to any music, was very focused because I knew like there was, you know, it's dark, so you can't see if you're going to hide your plane, all that kind of stuff. And I got from point A to point B, no skidding, no slipping, Got there in the in, like instead of an hour that it would normally take, got there an hour and fifteen minutes. Everything was fine, and um, and I said, and what I did was I programmed the energy for when I came home. I said it'll stop raining on the way home. I will have no rain on the way home. I will get in a window where the rain subsides. And sure enough, at one o'clock in the morning, when I had to drive back home, the rain had stopped. I drove all the way home, and there was there was no rain. I mean, you know, roads were very wet, cloudy and everything because it was going to rain again, but I got in the window. So what I'm saying is that I channeled with the weather, meaning I spoke with energy. 
I, I perceived energy. I went into frequency and energy and perceived my trip because I had to get there. Now, did I ultimate? Did I at one point check the predictions? I did. I didn't eliminate physicality. I did. I checked the predictions and I looked. I said, okay. And what I got was that the storm was going to be higher. The intensity of the storm was going to be up in L.A. So I was going to be an hour beneath that. And so I know how storms work, and I would get some, but I wasn't going to get, like, the, the, the intense crazy. But I kept getting, every time I said, well, maybe I should go. My mental mind, well, maybe, well, maybe not. Well, and my energy kept saying, nope, go. So it was perfectly fine. So with, you know, a few adjustments that I did because I understood how to perceive energy. So for you, the first thing to do um, when I, when I just described with this weather story, there were two energies that I was channeling with. One is my guides, right? So I, I say guides, you know, uh, sometimes I'll talk to my dad who passed away. Some, it depends on the topic, you know. If it's, you know, uh, money-related or safety-related or car-related, I always talk to my dad. You know, if it's, fashion-related or, um, you know, other things. You know, I might talk to a friend who's passed away, or my fiancé who passed away, something like that. You know, it, it depends on what it is. But I might guidance from them to speak with them telepathically. Remember, they're an energetic form. They don't die. They're an energetic form. So these skills, this energetic communication system, these skills help you to speak directly to them and continue your relationship with them, but from an an energetic body perspective, not from a physical body perspective, right? So, you know, you have access to all of these things. Uh, Anyway, so I'm channeling with guys, and I'm also channeling with the weather. The weather in itself is an entity. It's energy. It's frequency, right? You can channel, you can also work with the trees. I know I have a special tree when I go back to New Jersey in my park, I call him tree, and Every, even when I went for Christmas this past year, this past Christmas, I made a point. I got to New Jersey. And before I did anything for him, met any friends, I went right to the park, and I talked to Tree, and I hugged the tree, and I, and I got my messages from Tree. And every time I, you know, needed a, a, a nature message, I would go to the park. What I learned once I came to California is I still access messages from that tree. Did you know that trees are the antennas on the planet? They're as above and so below because their roots are embedded into the actual surface of the earth and their uh, trunks and leaves and branches reach up into the heavens, into the skies, and they are actually meant to be antenna. So a lot of information from on high, from other greater civilizations, from um, more energy, you know, energetic frequencies, and you know, like we have radio waves spinning around in the frequencies all day long, right? All night long, twenty four seven. There's always, uh oh, oh wait, I think my computer just went up. Okay, um, there's always radio frequencies. There's always, um, Sam. Just so you know, my computer is down. Just so you know. Um, so there's radio frequencies, and there's all sorts of um, uh, television frequencies and bandwidth and all that kind of stuff and in the ethers, right? So, but you have to have a piece of machinery to turn on the, uh, to turn it on, to tune in. Well, your trees, your plant life are and are those tuning forks. And so if you do, you know, this is why Native Americans, this is why um, indigenous uh, cultures will very often um, be able to, uh, to connect to the, to the energy. That's how, you know, uh, the Native Americans, they heal, they, they, they manage the weather. I mean, can you imagine living in a teepee with all these different things going on? And not not having a Doppler, not having being able to get an AccuWeather or an app, and 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 whatnot, right? So what you want to um, what you want to perceive is this broader energy, and when you're channeling, it you're recognizing that this energy exists, and you're just asking to tune in. 
in a non, you know, in a non-traditional way. Those are the three pieces. So you have your intuition, you have your telepathic skills, and you have your channeling skills. When you put those three together, when it comes to working with your manifesting projects, what's happening is when you set an intention, whether you're doing a visualization or you're choosing a parallel or you're doing a parallel alignment session or any of these things, when you do that, what it says, what you do is you um, are setting an intention. You're asking a question. You are putting a request. Always answer. They always answer. What happens is people either don't ask, or if they ask, they immediately go to their intellectual mind to try to figure out the answer instead of getting quiet and allowing themselves to perceive frequency, to perceive energetic answer. So from a point of, for the sake of time, for the point from an intuitive point, um, we have... Um, in, in your intuition, in the intuition part of this, and that's that's why I'll kind of stay with this for now, is there's called the anatomy of an intuitive moment, of an aha moment. And the first piece is you have four clairs. You have four uh, energetic communication systems. Your clairvoyance, which is your energetic sight, your claircognizance, which is your energetic knowing, your clairsentience, which is energetic healing, and your clairaudience, which is energetic um, hearing. Okay, so you have these four clairs, and then what happens from there is you'll get a, a message sent to you through those four clairs. Every single message or thought that comes to you goes through those four clairs first. That's why you get a feeling about every thought that comes into your head. You get a feeling and you're like, oh, and your your energy drops, or you get a feeling and your energy gets lighter. You, you know, you get a thought and your energy gets lighter, or you get a thought and your energy drops. The first thing you can do, a little, a little um, you know, thing you can practice is that as you perceive your thoughts in your mind, and you, you know, you get a thought in your head, Immediately focus in on how it makes you feel. Tune into how, how you just felt when you had that thought. Even if it's like, I want to have spaghetti for dinner. How did it feel when you thought that? Are you thinking about it just because it's convenient, it's sitting there, you don't have to go to the store and make that extra trip? Or are you thinking about that because it's um, uh, something that your body is requesting, that you really genuinely want, that would make your heart sing if you ate it? If it's the former, meaning you're just doing it for convenience, your body may not metabolize it well. You may get indigested because your body doesn't necessarily want it. If your body is asking for it, you feel like a little bit of a craving or you feel very lighthearted when you think about eating it, your body is going to metabolize it well. And, it, I mean, it will digest it much better than if you're forcing it. And that goes for kale, okay, and quinoa, and all those healthy things. Sometimes your body doesn't want that. Sometimes your body needs something else, you know. So it also goes for, you know, the bad stuff. You know, sometimes your body doesn't want the McDonald's, so you just, you know, don't eat the McDonald's just because you're having a bad day. doesn't mean that your body really is craving that junk food. Your body could be craving quinoa and kale because, you know, your blood sugar needs to balance out, and that would reduce a lot of anxiety. It's all different, you know, there's different reasons why. But when you're intuitive, when you're connecting, you can perceive that. So the first section is your four clears, you're going to get an energetic message. The second piece is your body will immediately respond to the energetic message that comes in. It says males in. It says it, you get a sense of heaviness, goosebumps, uh, a sense of, you know, heat or, um, or uh, a chill, okay? Any of those things can happen um, for you when you have that uh, that perception when you have that that energetic sense, okay? So the energetic sense four clears first. Second is your um, uh, your physiology, okay? And then the third thing that happens, and this really proves out how interconnected the world is energetically, is you get signs, symbols, and synchronicities from your environment. Your environment responds to your frequency because your environment is made up of frequencies. Even your animate, you know, your, your solid objects are their frequency, energy frequencies. So 
uh, you can, you will have various signs, symbols, and synchronicities coming your way to answer you. So if you are doing a manifesting project and you're asking, you know, you're you're setting intention for a new job, then you might be wondering, you know, should I get a job now? Should I leave my job and then go to a new job or should I wait? You know, all these types of things. And those are good questions. But you want to first of all, like I say, we say, you know, go to the big goal. Like what would job would make your heart sing or you make more money than you know what to do with all that kind of thing. You figure, you know, you sort of sort that out, what you would like that to look like, what you'd like your day to feel like. Then you can start to perceive energy around it. If you're coming up with, you, people say, is this life purpose right for me? Is that life purpose right for me? Ask the life purpose. Say life purpose. But I don't even like the word life purpose because it assumes that you just have one and we all have many. But, you know, uh, livelihood is what I like to call it. What's the best livelihood? What's the best thing for me to contribute my talents to at this time? You can ask that, right? And when you ask that question, what you do is you invite an intuitive conversation. You're setting frequency up to communicate with you. Instead of saying, what should I do? Oh, I, and any what's even worse is, I'm miserable. I don't have my life purpose. I don't know what I should be doing. I don't know what I should be doing. I don't know what I should be doing. What should I be doing? What should I be doing? I hate this. I don't want this. I can't take it anymore. I've had it. I don't want to go to this job anymore. I don't know what I should be doing. I don't know what I should be doing. What does that do to frequency? Is that inviting anybody to have a conversation, or is it just you making statements shutting down every piece of energy that could come your way. And then the people come to me and say, I don't understand it. I don't get any messages. You you have a gift. You get all the messages. I don't have any frequency. I don't have any, uh, I don't know what I should be doing. I don't know what I should be doing. I sh- what should I be doing? When should I be doing it? When is it going to happen for me? When is it going to happen for me this week? Is it going to happen for me next week? Oh, by the way, can I have a relationship? Do you see a relationship for me? It's like, really? Really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is my life, people. This is my life. You know, this is what happens. This is, like, real. This is, like, the real deal when it comes to, like, people coming to you. And so when you listen to this and you realize people are literally walking around hopping on one foot, if you eliminate frequency at that point, you you lock up that two-way conversation. There's no place to go from there for the universe. There's no place. So when I, and, and the thing is, people think, well, if I say negative, then the universe can prove itself to me. <laughs> and that's another thing. You, you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. The universe cannot work around your walls. You know, a lot of people like to, I have some friends like that, they like to say negative because it feels protective. If they're negative and woe is me and everything's going wrong and they're bit down into that, they're expecting, it's like an energy vampire tactic, actually, where they're expecting people to come around, kind of work themselves around and say, oh, no, you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, no, you know, the universe loves you. So do the angels. And you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't do it this way. You should maybe try that. And, well, you should try this. And, no, I don't want to do it that way because, well, that didn't work for Tom, Joan, and Susie. And, oh, well, you know, if you saw that tank. So and so, oh, MC Hammer went bankrupt, but he was generous, so I shouldn't do that. You know, like all this stuff, right? It is random. There's no place to go. So, how, so what? You know what? You know what your intuition does with that? It just sits and waits, and you just all it does is it says it, it goes repetitive. Your intuition will always give you repetitive messages. Your anxiety and your mental mind will always go all over the place, criticizing up, down, all around, up the over here, over there. Your intuition will say, write the book. Oh, I can't do that. I don't make any money. I, you know, I do the art. Oh, I can't. I never make any money from that. I, I, my heart would sing, but I wouldn't say it. They couldn't sing because I'd be broke. And then my family, well, my family would say, oh, and I, you know, I mean, I just never make it. I mean, look at all these artists. I mean, the statistics on artists are just dismal. Oh, but do the painting. Do the painting. Do the painting. Paint. Pain. Oh, I, but I can't. Oh, your intuition will give you the absolute right answer over and over and over and over and over and over. And you'll be going around the mulberry bush thinking all the negative things. And it's going to, that whatever is the most repetitive thing, that's the step you need to take. Now, spirit will never give you the whole GPS all in one fell swoop. I know some people, they will not take any steps. 
until they have a whole plan mapped out and a guarantee that it's all going to work, then they'll take the step because they have all the guarantees. But if you've been doing any kind of frequency work, I can tell you right now, you're responsible for whatever it is you've learned to date. Once it is coming to your conscious awareness, then your whole frequency upgrades and it requires you to participate in it. Otherwise, you will not have good effects. In fact, things will get worse. So if you know that you are supposed to take a step, then take the step. And as soon as you take the step, the next will be revealed. And then you take the step in that step, and then the next step will be revealed. And soon, if you take the steps fast enough as they come, it will, the dots will connect quicker and quicker, and it'll look like a straight, continuous line. You'll start to see those people, and people say it to me. I was like, oh, my gosh, Mara, how do you – once you get on a roll, it's like everything goes so quickly for you, you know. It's like boom, 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 boom. Well, you know, when I was going to get my book published, uh, I fought myself, but I wrote the manuscript before I tried to sell the book before I got an agent, and I was three-quarters of the way through the book when I sold, when I went and I got an agent. Well, most people, if they get an agent at all, it'll take them years. There's all kinds of books on getting agents. There's all kinds of, you know, weekends and weeks and games and contests. You can get an agent. I got it signed from an agent in 10 minutes in a conversation because I followed some divine guidance. But I wrote the book first because that was divinely guided. Most people don't write the book. They come up with an idea and they go to an agent. They try to sell the idea and then they get paid to write the book. I wrote the book before I got to the agent. Then when it came to selling the book, you know, and I had to put together a book proposal. I channeled the book proposal, and that that sold. We sold the first, you know, to the first. Uh, we got a book deal like really fast, really like a, you know, like, like in the first four days we had an offer, and then we ended up selling it four months later. But to actually sell a book traditionally in this market, publishing was this insane. So the point is that it was because I know how to channel, because I'm intuitive, because I was using all of my skills, and I shortened that process. And I didn't let my mental mind get caught up in all the statistics of how long it takes people and how long, how this was never going to happen and how this, blah, 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 blah. and I, I, you know, I didn't, I listened to the frequency and it was like, now, wait, no, wait, no, go write another chapter, not yet. Okay, email her now. Okay, and when I did, it's like, oh, let's get on a call. Okay, fine, say yes to the call. Okay, fine. And, you know, so there's this back and forth. That's what you want in your manifesting. Okay, that's what you want because then when you follow the steps, the steps come quickly and the thing is efficient. Spirit is extremely efficient. It does, you know, people say, oh, I'm being tested. No, you're not. You're just not listening. Desire you have, every single inspiration you have ultimately is there to inspire somebody else when you accomplish it. Spirit wants you to accomplish what you want. Because just for the fact that you do, your frequency goes up. Your resonant energy goes up. It impacts everybody else positively. They're inspired by what you do. They seek to do similar things. It all interrelates. You're contributing to the emotional grid, to the energetic grid, to all the different you know, energies, frequencies. It, it really, everybody wants you to kind of be happy and, and have what you want. Right? So... You know, I mean, I'm not talking about being out of integrity and stealing things and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying. So it's important to recognize this. Now, um, I know we're going to wrap the show in, this, in about a minute. However, I want to let you know I'm going to be teaching a class on this called Are You Listening? Or an intro and three classes, and you'll be able to take them at your own pace via audio. And then we're going to do a live call on March 15th which will be an hour-long call. I'm going to do a guided meditation, um, answer all your questions, you know, get time to, you know, like a, an actual group coaching call with me. So it's a whole little four-part um, series, okay? Um, and we're launching this Friday, so all the audios will go out on one day, so you get the whole package on Friday, and then you'll have your call on March 15th. So you can learn these skills. It's literally how to get energetic messages for your manifesting and parallel reality. So I go into much more detail than I could on this call. So probably tonight, if not tomorrow morning, uh, you will get an email in your inbox about this class. It's... Uh, what did I price it? It was one ninety seven, but I'm doing for the first five people who register, you get it for one forty seven, right? Which is 
a steal because it really should be a $250 class. But I know that from listening to my advanced clients and my coaching programs that this is a big deal for people. And it really, the better you are at these skills, the better off you're going to have your success with your manifesting and then the better the planet at large, okay, the, the group consciousness. So we want you to get your stuff. These tools will absolutely help you to do that. And, yes, it takes time. It takes practice for sure. But just having the awareness of how this stuff works and starting to just actually recognize that it's there will have it flooding into your space. Okay, so um, I had several people register yesterday because I offered it to my private coaching um, program, and I had sold out five uh, <laughs> spots in, like, I think it was an hour. So I'm going to uh, five more spots for the lower rate for the 147. I'm going to send that out tonight. So when you see the registration, don't procrastinate because I'm holding to it this time because sometimes I don't, but I am holding to the price and just because it's a big package for a little bit of money, but I want you guys to have it. Uh, so just make sure you check your inbox. There's not going to be a website for it or anything like that. You'll get an email. It'll have everything you need to register, and then on Friday I'll be sending out the audios um, for the class. And then we'll meet together on March 15th. It's a Wednesday, I believe, at noon Pacific time. Um, and there will be a replay of that call. So if you can't make it on the live call, you know, by all means still get the product, and you'll be able to listen to the, to the replay and the guided meditation um, on that call. Okay? So just want to make you aware of that and to make sure you check your inbox um, probably tomorrow morning because I work in the wee hours of the morning. I work very late at night because it's my high time to get creative work like that done. And, uh, and you know, I'm looking forward to that for you guys. So I'll be recording. Uh, I'm going to be channeling those classes. So that's why I'm launching it on Friday because I just needed to sort of get the energy and, and, you know, I decided not to rush it because, you know, I want to sort of record a class a day. So those will be done by Friday, and we'll, we'll get those out to you. All right? So I think we're going to end with that for today. Please pay attention to these things. Start just, just being aware and listening to this call. I'm sure you're going to start to see a lot more dots connecting and, um, and take action on the stuff that you're getting. But listen for the smaller, the softer, stiller voice, the more repetitive voice. And that's the one that's going to lead the way. That's your intuitive voice. All right, so we'll see you back here next week, same place, same time. I'll end with my motto, which is, you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely deserve it too. And in this new energy, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. Have a great night.